Hello, friends, and welcome to the Brother Cousins podcast. Today is episode 104, to say it like Jared does it, of our podcast here in November. And as I was telling my boys tonight, they were wanting to go by and look at some Halloween decorations that are in a neighborhood that are it's near our church building. And um, Jay was like, I want to go look at the spooky stuff. And I said, it's not spooky season anymore. Now it's thankful season. And he said, what's thankful season? And I said, it's Thanksgiving holiday season. So in honor of it being thankful season, the brother cousins tonight, we're going to talk about gratitude. And we're going to walk through some scriptures tonight about what the New Testament says about the value of giving thanks and the connection between giving thanks and our expression of that thanks, particularly through music and then the ultimate sovereignty and, and grace of God that we can be uh, so grateful for despite our circumstances. So those are some of the things that we're just going to walk through some thoughts with you. And we hope that as we talk about this, you'll be reminded of some things that you can be thankful for too. So that's what we've got. Jerry Jeffrey, did I miss anything? Sounds good, except for me saying hundred. Hundred. <laughs> Correct, and Jared does not say that. The people on earth that annoy Jared the most say hundred. So, all right. Well, let's roll with that. So, whenever we were thinking about as followers of Jesus, um, this idea that as people of God, we should have a lot to be thankful for. And the passage that addresses this a lot is Colossians chapter 3. I'm going to go ahead and back up to verse 12 and bear with me as we highlight a couple of bits of this, but we're going to go through verse 17. So Colossians 3, starting in verse 12. So it talks about we should put on as the new man. It says, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against one another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these things, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Now, that's a place I want to pause because we've talked about all these Christian graces that we need to adopt, these attitudes and ways of communicating and relating to others one, we're given about how we should relate to God, and that is with thankfulness. And then it's interesting, guys, hear what Paul does, and he cuts to a passage in verse 16, which admittedly growing up, and not even growing up, a lot we would tend to use as a proof text for instruction about how we praise God. And we tend to take this passage and make it about the assembly, which I don't think is entirely accurate um, because the context doesn't necessarily demand it. Am I off base, guys? I agree. Okay. So this is more of a, um, a mode of how Christians should do this. And then in verse 16, he says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And this idea is that the life of a regenerated follower of Jesus should be profuse with thanks. And this is a great time of the year to emphasize that while people are kind of in that mode already. I love to riff on Colossians 3 and, and put Ephesians 4 with it, bring Colossians 2 into it. There's, there's just so much of the Christian life right here. Mm -hmm. There are experts that would say that Paul could not have written Colossians and Ephesians, because they're too spiritual for Paul. They're not practical enough. But this passage in particular is exceedingly practical. Put on, and, and as you think about clothing, especially you two, very professional careers, what you put on every day is how you present yourself to the world. It's not necessarily 
changing who you are, but what you want to present to the world. And as Christians, we're commanded to present to the world this way and present to one another this way. Put on these things, what people should see about you, what they should know about you is how you act, how you behave, kindness, humility, compassionate hearts. And he brings all that to this idea of having gratitude. And Christopher, you mentioned that we use this passage to talk about singing in the assembly, although the the assembly is not necessarily context here. And I would say that I I think you're correct in that. And I think what we're getting at here, and and you kind of touched on it briefly, is this idea of I shouldn't be someone different in the assembly than I am everywhere else. So as someone that is exhibiting, exhibiting and embodying humility, compassion, love, meekness, and a heart that is desiring to sing God's praise to my brothers and sisters, we bring that together in the assembly where we're all doing that in unison. And it is the city set on the hill, not the candle alone in the house giving light. It's, it is magnified before the world. And so we, we put all of this together. And when you consider everything that God has done for us, let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts. And he, he really draws this to a point above all these things. No, sorry. Let me back up some more forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you. So he brings this all back to Jesus and what has been done for us and the love that has been demonstrated to us. And then from there, he rolls it forward, forgive one another, love, which is the bond of perfection. And all of that spills out of who you are in gratitude and singing of God's praises, literally singing God's praises. And you don't have to spend very much time with me in the office here to know that literally goes on throughout the day, all the way down to my two-year-old who has finally figured out that it is, may my steps be worship, may my thoughts be praise. For, for a long time, it was just a loop of, may my steps be worship, which was awesome. But literally singing God's praise everywhere we go. And so, of course, that, that rolls into the assembly where we do that cooperatively as a body. But it's this attitude of, of giving of thanks. And, and I, I think we definitely should take the opportunity to lean in where our world is wanting to talk about gratitude anyway, we see Paul do that, if if nowhere else, more evident than the Areopagus. These things that you guys believe and teach, let me lean in and teach you about one of them. And, I mean, just take those opportunities where we can find some common ground, because that's really what we want to do, is find an area where you agree, and then draw them into a conversation that's more difficult. If you start that with, we agree, you should be thankful, Let's talk about why you should be thankful. And then we can get into these other ideas and, and, and this concept of living a life so full of gratitude that the praise of God literally just rolls out of you. That's a great point, Jared. And you know, another thing that as you were talking about that, that just occurred to me was this idea of forgiveness is simply a way that we express the gratitude toward God for his forgiveness to other people. So if we have a complaint against someone, we forgive them as the Lord has forgiven us. So you also must forgive. So we can say that we're thankful for what God has done for us, but a way that we express that we're thankful for God's grace toward us and his forgiveness toward us is that we give that forgiveness to others. That's a, that's an expression of gratitude for grace. I never really thought about it. Just as important, nay, maybe even more important than our words is our attitude. And it, it calls to mind Jesus' parable of the unthankful servant who had been forgiven the great debt. And he teaches us that in another place that those who have been um, forgiven much will love much. And that's one way that we can show that toward God here. So I know that we talked about singing and, you know, Jared, I don't want you to sing about anything that you're thankful for right now. I mean, I think we might see a big dip in the listenership if we started singing on this deal, but you can convince me too, if you wanted. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. What's something that you're thankful that God's doing for you right now, Jared? You know, every day 
I, I'm thankful for the health of our family, mm-hmm. just in general. Um, one thing we try to do is seek opportunities to serve and to help and, and minister to people. And there's a great opportunity, you know, Paul in his prayers to God, seeking to take away his thorn in the flesh, God said, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. And mm-hmm. I think part of that is allowing opportunity, allowing other people, the opportunity to serve and to serve us, because that's, especially as men, that's not our natural tendency, right? Except maybe within our house, our wives would listen to this and go, what are you talking about? You want me to serve you all the time, <laughs> but to allow others to serve us is difficult. Yeah. But you know, with, with how busy we are, especially this time of year, it's, it's just chaotic. And with school and the gym and trying to keep cotton straight and get everything moving in a, in a semi-orderly fashion, one thing that we have pretty consistent is that we, we just overall pretty healthy. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I don't have to think that God is keeping us healthy for me to be grateful that we are healthy. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, yeah. So that is one area where I I'm thankful, especially this time of year. For sure, man. Yeah. That's a great blessing. You know, um, it doesn't take being sick for very long to really be a, a thankful for when you were healthy. And here the last couple of times I've been really ill. I've spent some time in bed being ill thanking God for when I was healthy and praying for those who are sicker than I am. <laughs> it really makes you appreciate it. Jeffrey, what about you and, and your family? Is there anything right now that you're particularly thankful that God is doing in your life? Well, um, Hannah and I have had a really busy about eight weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it was two weekends the second to the last weekend from September from basically then on, um, it was just pretty well booked. Yeah. And a lot of that's on purpose in the sense of we've planned to be that busy. Um, but we've had some really good opportunity to be involved in some things that, um, have, I believe brought glory to God's kingdom. And, and we've been able to visit some congregations that have just really uplifted us and our family. And it has just really made me think about the blessing of God's people. Yeah. Um, that there are churches, you know, in Texas all over, in Oklahoma all over. And the fact that you can go several hours away and experience the love and unity of God's people and be involved in singings and teaching series and so on that are just so edifying. Um, It's just a tremendous blessing. And I believe it proclaims the wisdom of God and bring his people together and providing ways that can help us so deeply Um, even in ways that we never even thought that we needed to be helped. And it's because he knows our being, he knows our frame and he knows what we need. And it's, it's just a tremendous blessing and reflecting on the last several weeks makes me a little bit tired, (laughs) but it also makes me just really encouraged and thankful. That's good stuff, man. What about you? Um, I, I am grateful for some lessons that God has taught me here recently through some experiences that I've had and through kind of meditating about those experiences in light of the scripture. I've had some situations here recently where people have been confiding in me about various challenges that they've had and opening a door for me to to try to help and be a vehicle for God's blessing and help here and there. And I've begun to realize that in order to be a blessing and to serve other people, we have to be a vessel that is sanctified and meet for God's use ready and prepared to do that. 
and just the need for uh, personal righteousness and, and personal holiness is not just about me doing what God uh, has commanded me to do for my own sake, but that God calls us to be a people that are holy like he is so that we can serve people like he does, you know? And I've had this image in my mind of, you know, you might have a, a whole army full of soldiers and they're like taking in the commands of the commander or the general. But if you had one guy, like during the battle, there's one soldier that just like wandered off, like to the far, far left flank and was like picking flowers and like he's not he's not engaged in the fight. He's not really doing anything wrong, but he's not doing anything to help. And I've, I've I think about times where I've just kind of been out in in left field, disengaged from this fight, and um, needing to be in the fight because there there are people out there that the Lord wants to minister, and if it be His will that He use us to do that ministering to folks, I want to be ready and I want to be engaged and prepared and meet for God's use to do that. And so I'm thankful that the Lord has opened my eyes to that need. And that has really started to get me to reconsider some things and some of my habits. And so it's not particularly glamorous. Um, it's actually a little bit, um, you know, shameful, but the Lord's been working on me in that way. But instead of, choosing to get depressed or bogged down about it. I'm choosing instead to understand it, be thankful for that and to use it. So that's kind of something I'm thankful for. Um, and I love that in, in the scripture, we have a lot of examples of God's people expressing thanks in the Psalms. We have a ton of that. Uh, if you look, I, I mean, if we were to try to index how many how many places in the Psalms where people gave thanks, I mean, it would just be an enormous task to try to do. But the first one that comes to my mind is Psalm 100, one just because 100 is easy to remember and it's only five verses. And it says, make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth, and serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God, and it is he who made us, and we are his, and we are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, and his courts with praise, and give thanks to him. Bless his name, for the Lord is good, and his steadfast love endures forever, and his faithfulness to all generations. And, you know, guys, the reason I love this psalm is that it, again, ties together in, a, in another theme, this idea with gratitude and singing and that that's a, a major vehicle that we that we do that one it's an appropriate response to what god does is to be thanks uh, is to give thanks and be thankful in song and it acknowledges who god is it acknowledges what god does and it's a reminder that his mercy endures forever and that god is faithful um not only to us but through every generation that this extends beyond our own frame of reference. And so I just really like this psalm for that reason, because it exemplifies that that idea in a very concise way. And I think we get here kind of what I hit on with Colossians 3 and, and an idea that <clears throat> we see in a lot of examples of Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. That is the knowing who God is. And that's what he says here in verse three, know the Lord that he is God. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people want to turn that and, and know the Lord that he is good. And the Lord is good. And, and righteous and just and holy. And, and there's a lot of adjectives we can put on that, that we, especially in, in Western minds, think about concerning God, but that he is Dios. He is God. He is the mm -hmm. creator. He is the sovereign. And he is faithful. Yeah. He I is, mean, literally, Jared, it is, is Yahweh is Elohim. 
that that the self-existent one is the god and there's a lot of just ingratitude for not figure out how to say this more correctly we don't truly appreciate how wondrous it is that a being so infinitely above us, especially in our fallen state has chosen to reveal himself to us. And then not only that, but has continuously demonstrated his faithfulness to us, Mm -hmm. to his own word, to his truth and desired a relationship with us, not only to allow us to know who he is, but desired a relationship with us that. And and so we should enter his gates with thanksgiving and praise. It's, it's amazing. When you contrast this with Isaiah and God's words to the children of Israel there, who, who told you to come into my courts? Yeah. Who asked this to trample my courts and my, my temple. And he's upset with them there because they've refused to know who he is. And that's his, his judgment or his indictment against, against them is you, you've chosen not to know me. I have gone above and beyond to demonstrate to you who I am and thus who you should be because of it. And you've trampled my courts, but you've refused to know me. You know, that's Jared. That's basically the summary of Romans chapter one. Um, he talks about how that God has given sufficient evidence um, for people to come to him. He's revealed himself, but the unfortunate part of, of human interaction with God is that they suppress that truth. Mm-hmm. They don't want to know that truth. And um, it talks about a spiral into idolatry and the first step in that spiral is they weren't thankful. Yeah. And then, then they didn't glorify God as God. That is absolutely the case. And, you know, this is something I've talked about before and I know I come back to it all the time, <laughs> but as progressive as we think we are, as advanced as we think we are, as bright as we think we are, and, and really it's, it's a byproduct of the blessing of knowing peace on a large scale like we have, because man, well, we'll get into a history lesson anyway, <laughs> as all of that, as we think we are, and we do think we're all that we continuously chase after the same idolatry and rebellion as the oldest people who ever lived. Our oldest ancestors fell to this idea. They could choose their own way. They could be Elohim themselves and that, they could rebel against God and, and somehow prosper. And we, we still fall prey to that. And that's what we have. The example in Romans one is God has revealed himself to us. He has revealed his plan to us and he has given us his son, the opportunity to be remade in his image, to know the good news of Jesus Christ in his kingdom. And God worked that through our faithlessness in our wickedness to bring that plan to fruition, to destroy sin in the flesh in the person of Jesus Christ, and to give us the opportunity to, to be reconciled back to him. And we, we just don't understand how ugly sin is. And with that, how ugly our ingratitude is. You know, we we see it, and this is a truth we see in children. Go I hate it when yeah, you nailed it. When someone does something or gives something to my children, and they don't say thank you, and and I've got several that embarrass really easy. They're kind of shy, and so it's embarrassing to them to say thank you. They're just they're just really shy about it. But I still want them to express that gratitude very verbally. And let the person know that they appreciate what was done. And then I'll turn around and and just act like I deserve whatever's done or given to me. Yeah. And we see it in other people, but ingratitude is a very ugly thing. 
well, it's self-disguises because it's a form of pride. So, you know, pride, pride comes with its own camouflage. And yeah, the ingratitude in children, we can all see it in kids. And it, you know, if we have our senses online whatsoever, it, it drives us up the wall. And I remember one Christmas, one of my children received a gift that they, they, I guess they had something else in mind that they wanted instead. And they, they had a fit. I have almost never been that embarrassed as a parent in all my life. And that gift, uh, they didn't get to keep it. They said, okay, you don't like the gift. You're not getting one. So it went back and they didn't get to keep it. <laughs> and now they were even more upset about that than they were the fact that it wasn't, but the point was made. And we didn't really have that problem after that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the ingratitude is bad, but we're so spoiled. Um, whenever we choose that. And the funny thing about our ingratitude is we really want the same thing that children want. I was thinking about this today is that what does a baby want? When a baby's first born, it wants to be um, satisfied, you know, sated, right? Not hungry. It wants to be warm, dry, sated, safe, and enough freedom to move around. You give a baby all those things, it'll be a happy baby, right? Uh, but if you take one of those things away, then it throws a fit. You know, it's going to cry and scream and squall until you fix the problem. And as grown-ups, what do we want? Well, we essentially want the same thing. We want plenty of food to eat. We want uh, to be safe and healthy. We want a dry place to sleep. We want to be warm. And we want enough freedom to do what we want. You give us those things, we're probably going to be healthy. But you take one of those things away, and we're probably going to have a hissy fit. And... You know, Jared, to a point that you made in one of our previous podcasts, we talked about the pandemic and Paul's challenges. And Paul says, and none of these things moved me. And I believe you said, but this moved me. I don't know if you remember saying that. Um, and not only did, you know, I throw a hissy fit, but I was still safe, warm, sated and all that stuff. They just took away my ability to move around a little bit, and and I became a crying baby and, and pretty ticked off. And our tendency as people is to focus on the thing that we lost or the thing that's not as we wish it to be, instead of being grateful for all the things that are really great. Gratitude is a discipline of choosing to recognize that even though there are some things that are bad, there are still lots of things that are really good. And it's that gratitude pointing to God for his faithfulness that gets us through those difficulties. And we can, we can still be grateful and happy even in the midst of trouble. And one of the passages that I think exemplifies that is one that is found here in in Hebrews 13 and 15. So here's the instruction to the audience. It says, through him, let us then continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips that acknowledges his name. Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. Now, I think it's noteworthy that the context for that admonition is not a happy situation all the time. These are people who are having to be content with what they have in verse five um, and trust in God's help. And it's the same people who are bearing the reproach, right, of Christ in verse 13. These are people who have things that aren't as they wish they were. But despite the reproach they bear for Christ in having to depend upon the grace of God to survive, they're still offering up that sacrifice that even though everything is not good, that God is always good. There's so much to this passage. And, and it really, if you back up chapter 10, chapter 11, Mm -hmm. into chapter 12, 
it's this identity. That's what he's driving at to the people who were big on their identity. And chapter 12, don't, don't be weary. Don't grow weary in what you're doing. You're going to receive chastisement from the Lord. Endure that with, with thanksgiving because the Lord reproves those whom he loves. And then all with the understanding of you're in a kingdom that cannot be shaken for you have not come to what may be touched a blazing fire and darkness and gloom and a tempest, the sound of a trumpet, the voice and a voice whose words made the hearers beg that no further message be spoken to them for they could not endure. Skip on down. But you have come to Mount Zion, the city of the living God, a heavenly Jerusalem to an innumerable angels in festal gathering. That reminder of, of who you are, where your citizenship is, that your identity has changed. And, and so while things are difficult on earth, absolutely. And we are in the process of working or fellow laborers with God and transforming this world. And we're literally speaking good into existence. And, and this is acknowledged a little touchy feely for me and a little, I don't even know what to call it. And, and bear with me and you'll understand what I'm getting at here. We're, we're image bearers of God <clears throat> made after his likeness. God spoke reality into existence. And I am not, I don't remember what those books were that were written back when I was graduating high school uh, about speaking, you know, your truth into riches and so forth and so on. But there is an element about the the way we use our mouths, the way we use our speech, the way we use our tongues that shapes and forms reality around us. And we can invoke ingratitude and discontentment, which are all born of Satan and after his likeness. Or we can speak the truth of God's existence and his kingdom, which can't be shaken in our citizenship that is in him and with him. And thus through him continually offer up a sacrifice of praise. And that has a a tangible effect on the world just by what we choose to speak about and, and by choosing to be thankful Christopher to this point there's a, an old teacher, an old evangelist, and I shouldn't say old. I think he would acknowledge that he's old. Anyway, talking about gratitude that said we need to count our blessings, not our bruises. Ooh, I like that. Count our blessings and not our bruises. And he he talks about, and, and I've read this account, an old Bible commentary writer, Matthew Henry, wrote about getting robbed. And in that event, he came away from it. And and in his journal, he wrote that he was thankful. He was thankful that he was robbed, not the one put in position to need to rob someone for sustenance, that it had never happened to him before. Mm -hmm. And that they took his money and not his life. Yeah. And he counted his blessings and not his bruises. And in these situations, when it's difficult for us, we, we set our affections back to Colossians 3 on things above that. And I think that's a statement of hierarchy, yeah. greater things, God's things. And we are, we are given an opportunity to allow others to serve us and to allow the kingdom of God to really demonstrate to everyone around us who we are in Christ and we see that in the early church. We see that in the examples of Paul. And we see that in this kingdom that can't be shaken. And I think that's something we, we can't talk enough about is the turmoil and the angst we see in the world. And, and it is everywhere around us. We've got oh, yeah. one proxy war we're kind of part of. And if, and if you disagree with me, that's okay. I'm, I'm not trying to start a fight here. I just don't know how else to explain it. With Ukraine and Russia. Now we've got this deal going on with Israel and Hamas. And 
It is it is turmoil everywhere. Our own economy's a mess. We we I mean, there's just so much turmoil. But Christians, by and large, are just kind of watching it, going, "How do we serve? Where where do we serve in this?" Not that you know we don't have to take care of our own finances, take care of our own family, and and still do our teaching. But at the end of the day, I think for most Christians, we're assessing these situations, going, "What does the world need from us right now in Christ?" Because our kingdom can't be shaken. It doesn't matter if Israel and Hamas go to war. It doesn't matter that Ukraine and Russia are at war. God's kingdom is broken forth upon reality, and we're serving that kingdom. So how do we serve? And the only way we do that is if we stop looking at the problems of, you know, everything costs more because there's wars going on in these places and, and this, that, and the other thing, and focus on this kingdom that's been given to us. And really, I love that you brought in verse five, be content with what you have for he has said, I will never leave you. Right. And we have that reality of who God is and that he is gracious and loving and kind. Yeah. And Jared, I want to put a point of nuance on something that you mentioned here is this idea of gratitude and you know, even though there are bad things happening, you know, Matthew Henry's example is a good one of, you know, I got robbed, but I'm, hey, it could have been worse, right? I'm thankful that they didn't take my life. Not to say that this attitude of being thankful is a way to avoid dealing with and processing right. real problems. Absolutely. Or to say, well, I know that, you know, you're suffering, but it's okay. Everything's going to be okay in heaven. Or to say that, well, I know this bad stuff is happening to me and I'll just kind of look away and not deal with it. Or acknowledge, yeah, this is really bad. This is terrible. This is painful. It's gut-wrenching, whatever. It's okay to acknowledge those things. Yep, absolutely. And and to not do that and only say, but at least this and that, I think the, the modern buzzword for that is toxic positivity. We have to be careful um, when someone comes to us with a struggle and they're like, you know, my wife is really sick. And our response is, hey, but at least your kids are OK. <laughs> right. Um, or, you know, man, my job is really tough and my boss is just a jerk and all this stuff is, hey, well, at least you have a job. Now, all those things are true. But we can. You know, gratitude is not pretending that there aren't problems and just choosing to put on rose colored glasses. It's acknowledging that at the time that we experience difficulty, we acknowledge it's hard, but we also acknowledge that in that moment, the grace of God is sufficient to help us to do what we need to do, even if we can't right. see the way forward. And I think <clears throat> that nuance is really good because there's a lot of opportunity to just be negative. Oh, yeah. Um, but you can also swing and that's our tendency as, as humans is to just swing the pendulum mm-hmm. way too far one way, way too far the other way. And guess what? You're, you're out of whack either, either direction. But when our focus is what is good for the kingdom of God, and I guess that's my real driver in all of this is Jeffrey brought up the book of Romans. Mm-hmm. I think everything we've talked about, I can exhibit from the book of Romans and and God's faithfulness. And that's really the driver behind all of the gratitude that I know in the world. And, you know, we've talked about forgiveness and, and how we demonstrate forgiveness and our gratitude for God rolls forward into this gratitude of opportunity to serve people. Yeah. You know, sometimes when someone brings a problem to you and it's a big problem, you just telling them, thank you for bringing this to me and allowing me the opportunity for you to be someone that you confide in yeah. and the opportunity to help you Amen. can be huge. And on the flip side of that, as someone that my pride is often manifest in this unwillingness to allow someone to help me. In fact, I just had someone tell me one week ago today <laughs> that I'm a very difficult person to help. <laughs> um. And that's that's difficult for me to hear because I know 
even if not, if, if it's not what they meant, I know what really the problem is there. And it's my pride. It's, it's me saying, I don't need that. I don't need that. I can do this myself. Yep. And I am disallowing a Christian to do something that they're commanded to do. And that is to demonstrate loving kindness and mercy. Yeah. And when we have struggles and sometimes they have to get over our head before we'll do it, but we're given an opportunity to be grateful that we are giving other Christians the opportunity to demonstrate the love of Christ to us. Yeah. That doesn't mean it doesn't, it isn't difficult. Paul talked about his struggles. Jesus had his struggles recorded very openly. If, if, I mean, nothing else, the prayer in the garden before he was taken to the cross, he was very verbal about what he wanted and the difficulty that laid before him. And he was, others were given the opportunity to minister to him. And same with Paul, others were given the opportunity to minister to him and he had to rely and lean on others. If nothing else, then simply to write his letters because he, he got to where he couldn't do that. And this is an educated, well-learned man that was schooled in letters and the gratitude of God working in us. And, and that's difficult. Yeah. It is difficult when I'm sick to the point of pain to look past my pain and go, I'm thankful that others have the opportunity to serve. Yeah. But there's a way to be grateful in that that doesn't ignore the problem but looks to God and understands that he is our fullness and that everything has an opportunity to be good for his kingdom. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's very much a Romans eight Romans ideal, not to be cliche, but uh, it's, it's accurate. Um, I want to mention I want to quote, I do a little bit of a quote from Psalm 145, guys, as it speaks to this season of thanks and, and where we have our plenty. It sometimes uh, scares me a little bit when I think about the plenty that we enjoy in this country and that it is precarious, that it depends on um, our fuel supply and it depends on our supply chain and the electrical grid and all these things. You know, if you take any one of those things out, the whole thing falls apart and then plenty becomes famine fast. And all of those things depend upon the lowly farmer that God is hearing the prayer of some poor old boy scratching in the dirt. And because of that, I get to eat. <laughs> Now, growing up on a farm, I understand that. And so there's there's some faith that I have to have. And I just have to I have to put my faith in God on that. And and I'm reminded of this in Psalm 145 and um verse six. It says, They shall speak of the might of your awesome deeds, and I will declare your greatness. And they shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all, and his mercy is over all that he has made. All your works shall give thanks to you, O Lord, and all your saints shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and tell of your power, to make known the children of man your mighty deeds and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures throughout all generations. The Lord is faithful in all his words and kind in all his works. The Lord upholds all who are falling and raises all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand and you satisfy the desire of every living thing. That's us, Jared. If, if not for God opening his hand of graciousness, where oh, we would have nothing. Yep. And I love the imagery uh, that that psalm provides. In my brain, what's rendering there is this great, magnificent hand of plenty. And I see every creature on earth looking upward to God and God 
emptying out that hand and that grain and, and all the good things that everything needs falls down, then everything receives it with thanks. And, and I should be chief among those that receive God's plenty with thanks. So there's a, a an opportunity here to talk about perspective mm-hmm. and gratitude versus ingratitude and what that looks like in this example, particularly. So my two-year-old is very independent minded. Don't know where she gets it. Huh? Who to, who to thunk? Um, very much like young Taryn, if you remember that. Yes. And <clears throat> when we, Attend the assembly. I, I try to get some mint so that I'm not clearing my throat the entire way through. And recently I've been getting the lifesaver winto greens that are individually wrapped, you know. Uh-huh. She absolutely does not want me to unwrap it for her. <laughs> so especially if I give her one during the assembly, I try to unwrap it to keep the noise to a minimum. Sure. But her initial instinct is to refuse it. Yeah. I don't want that now. You unwrapped it. You're giving this to me. I want to do it myself. <laughs> and so I, if she won't, if she doesn't want one I've unwrapped during the assembly, especially, I just won't give her one. Okay. You can have the one I unwrapped or you can have nothing. And that is so much of our problem as humanity, the want and the hunger that we endure because there is hunger in the world. Mm-hmm. The, there is need in the world, but it's largely because of our perspective. Because someone's not giving me what I deserve. Someone's not doing enough for me while ignoring what has been done. Because it's not enough. Our perspective is skewed. God is raining these blessings down on us. And we're going, it's not what I want. It's not exactly how I want. So I'm not taking what you're giving. And the difference of gratitude versus ingratitude sometimes is literally starvation. Hmm. Well, it's clear that we have a lot to be thankful for. And especially living in this time in history, in this place in the world where we enjoy so much peace and plenty, we need to give thanks to God for that. And, and to make sure that when we talk about it, that we are thankful uh, to the one who provides it all, and that is God. Um, before we wrap up the episode, friends, just a couple of uh, kind of housekeeping items. want to let you all know that we will not drop an episode on Monday the 27th. We're going to take next week off to spend time with our families and observance of the Thanksgiving holiday and the travel schedules and everything. We felt it might be pushing it. So no episode Monday the 27th, but we intend to come back the week after that uh, with a new fresh episode for you. We really appreciate. We are thankful while we're being um, gratitudinous. We're thankful for your listenership. We desire you to keep listening and we hope it's helpful when you do. We also would ask that if you have been positively impacted by the content on the Brother Cousins podcast, that you would share it with someone that you care about and let them know um, what the Lord is teaching you through the power of his word uh, using our little old podcast to do that. So uh, if you could do that, that would mean a lot. Or if you could give us a like, share on social media, or give us a review on our platforms, that also makes a difference for us. So thank you very much for that during this Thanksgiving season. If you travel, going somewhere to visit family or friends to enjoy the the Lord's bounty with them, uh, we pray that you have a safe journey as you do that and and that you'll use that opportunity to to honor God uh, with a feast of his bounty. Um, I think that's all we got. Jeffrey, go ahead and pray us out, man. Our Father God, we... I have so many blessings to be thankful for and all those blessings flow through you. And we just want to take the time to reflect on how great and mighty of a God you are and how you have shown yourself 
in our lives that you have shown your goodness to us and we have tasted of it. And it's, it's just difficult to put into words how, how wonderful you are. Lord, we pray that you will focus our minds on recognizing you and how you've revealed yourself in our lives from the big marvelous works of redemption that you have shown your people throughout history, especially in your son, Jesus, to the little things where you have provided daily provisions consistently. Lord, we're so thankful. We recognize that we don't deserve your goodness, but because of your goodness, you have have been there for us and you've provided for us. And we're thankful. As we spend time with family and friends over the next several weeks, we pray that you'll give us a heart that will recognize the goodness in our lives and the time that we can spend to bring edification and encouragement to those who are around us. We pray that you'll give us courage, boldness, humility, to talk about Jesus to all that we come in contact with in this holiday season. Let our minds dwell and talk about that goodness, just like David did in the Psalms. We praise you and we thank you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.